north is that way, north might be that way. So you, we have to use our compass, and we have to stay spiritually tuned. This is no time to not be tuned into God. Amen? So um, we, we can't let things slip, and we can't allow this corona quarantine to let us slip in honoring God first. So the message translation says it's crucial that we keep a firm grip on what we've heard so that we don't drift off. Amen? Exodus 20 and verse 8 says, Remember the Sabbath day... To keep it holy. And the Sabbath means an intermission. It means to cease and celebrate. And it means to rest. And so we want to focus on getting back to church. Amen. I know a lot of you have have come in today and I'm so excited about that. Some people are not that comfortable yet. But by the 31st, I'm just challenging everyone to... um, you know, come social distancing, come wearing your mask. We're all separated like six to eight feet away from each other in the sanctuary this morning. So you'll, you'll come in. We still have plenty of room for everyone. We've just moved the chairs all around the sanctuary so you can even move how many chairs you need to fit for your family or what have you. But um, we're, we're planning to get back to church on May the 31st. And May the 31st is Memorial Day, but it's also Pentecost Sunday. So we want to honor God first. I know we're going to barbecue. We're going to get together with family. And with this corona thing, we're all discombobulated. You could feel like, well, it's Memorial Day. I won't go. We, people not going to church anyway. We want to make a strong stand on that day. Amen. So that we um, fast and pray for the next two weeks. And I have some su- specific things that I want us to fast and pray for. But look at what Isaiah says. Isaiah 58, 13 through 14. If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day... And call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable, and shall honor him, not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words. Then you shall delight yourself in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. Amen. Then Hebrews 10.25 says, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, which, you know, now we're, we're working towards getting back together. Amen. We have to focus our attention that way, that we're ready to come out of quarantine a bit, still practicing social distancing, but we got to make a comeback. Amen. Can I get some amens in the house this morning? So, and it says, um, so let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So Second Chronicles 7.14 says that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Um, Apostle Hilliard my, my bishop, my apostle, had a meeting with all his sons and daughters on the, on the phone the other day. We had a, 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 video, a video meeting with him. And he said, right before he got on the call, he said, the Spirit of God spoke to him. And he said, tell the pastors and their churches to pray for breakthrough. Three different ways we want to pray for breakthrough. The first way that we want to pray for breakthrough is for scientific breakthrough. God is ready to give us a cure for this thing. Amen. How many of you know God knows everything? He knows how to, how to come against COVID. He knows, he knows exactly what each one of us could take if we were infected with this to cure it. You know, we thought at one time there was no cure for AIDS. And now people are being healed from AIDS. 
So, I mean, people are being healed from things they, that before, you know, technology has given us a breakthrough in those areas. So, right now, God says pray for the scientists and the researchers to have breakthrough. That the wisdom of God would rest upon them. Not even the wisdom of man, but then the angel would whisper in their ear. That the Spirit of God would come and invade their thoughts and give them a plan that they never thought of on their own. Amen. So, we, during the next two weeks, we're going to pray for scientific a breakthrough for a, 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 a cure to be developed, a vaccine, let them call on God. Maybe they're scientists and they only believe in scientific approach, but let them just say, you know, whisper a little prayer, God, help me with this. Amen. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. The message translation says, I'll tell you marvelous and wondrous things that you could never figure out on your own. Amen. So there's some things that God knows. There's some knowledge and some wisdom that's shut up in heaven that revelation just needs to be given to these scientists and researchers. Can y'all get in agreement with me and say amen? Amen. Amen. So we're going to press in and pray over the next two weeks for breakthrough scientifically. The second way is economic breakthrough. They're saying that we're in a recession, that things are about to get bad. They're going to go from bad to worse. How many of you know God can turn things around? That God can make a change and do things that people never expected that, he, that, that could a- absolutely happen. So um, we're going to say no to recession. We're saying no to unemployment. We're saying people are going back to work. Sop- supply chains that have been broken for places to be restored. Those, those broken places to be restored for supernatural supply. And that we continue to live in the all-sufficiency grace of God. Amen? That because we're tithers and because we're givers, men give to us. That we just press in in our prayer time. And don't, get, don't stop tithing during this time. Amen. This is where we really need the kingdom of God to be working in our lives. Then number three is spiritual breakthrough. So number one is what kind of breakthrough? Scientific. Scientific. Second kind? Economic. The third kind is spiritual breakthrough. This is a time where God has people's attention. Amen. So... We need to pray for there to be a hunger and a thirst for God. Pray for revival. Pray for awakening. Pray for an outpouring. All of this that I'm telling you is going to be on the apps. You can go back and refer to it during our times of fasting and prayer. Amen? Uh, We want to pray against the spirit of fear. How many of you know that fear is a spirit? And there's a spirit attached to this COVID-19. A spirit of fear. And, And just being terrified. And so we have to come against the spirit of fear. For God has not given unto us, what? The spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of a sound mind. So we stand against the spirit of fear. We have authority over fear. Amen? We have authority over absolutely every area of the devil. Hallelujah. Okay? So, you know, this pandemic, we we respect it, but we don't live in fear. Amen? So we're going to come against the spirit of fear so people can begin to to get out again. Now, I'm asking that you pray 20 minutes a day. Anybody can do that, right? And if you want to go an hour, go an hour. If you can only go 10 minutes, go break this up into a different different, um, way. But if if you were going to pray 20 minutes a day, spend five minutes praying for those three areas of breakthrough. Amen? And then spend five minutes just praying in tongues. Praying in the Holy Spirit. How many of you know that when we speak in tongues, when, when, when he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto man but unto God. No one understands him how be it in the Spirit. He speaks 
mysteries. So those mysteries that need to be revealed to the scientists, we'll be calling those things down. Amen. As we, as we pray in the spirit, God's able to do exceeding and abundantly above all we ask, think, dream, or imagine according to the power that works in us. So we want to spend five minutes praying in tongues. If you want to pray more, pray more. If you can only pray, pray less, pray, pray less. And then, then after you've prayed in tongues, spend five minutes listening in his presence. Five minutes listening in his presence. Amen? And then um, spend five minutes just worshiping him after you get done. Everybody can do that. Wave at me if you're willing to do that. Amen? All right? Glory to God. So pray for, for May 31st to be a day of spiritual breakthrough. Pentecost Sunday, we come back to church. Socially distancing, but we're here. Try to get on the prayer call every morning if you can um, for the next two weeks at 7.30 a.m. Text XLR8 to 97,000 so you'll be included in the text blast. You just, you just hit the link in the text blast and it takes you right into the, te- into the call. Do you have to press pound, those of you who call in? The only thing you have to press is after it's through saying all it says, it says um, put in your ID or just press pound. Just press pound. And then you'll be right in. Amen. All right. And then I want to do on Thursday nights, the next two Thursday nights, I want to do a Facebook Live prayer time. That was a real good place to say amen. We're doing a new thing, doing something new. I want to do a Facebook Live prayer time where we pray over these specific three places of breakthrough that we're believing God for. Amen. So join Share the link with somebody or share um, the post with somebody. You know, go on and just share on Facebook so people will get in and be a part of this prayer time. Amen? And then also, on, I'm super excited about this. On uh, Sunday, uh, May the 31st, we are going to ordain uh, Joshua Aragon as, as an ordained minister of the gospel as an evangelist. You hear him clapping, Joshua? We're all excited for this because, you know, Joshua is already showing himself. Did you already show his pictures? Okay. Yeah. Um, he is showing himself. There's his beautiful wife, Jenna. Um, so I want her to stand with him as he's being ordained um, into the ministry as an evangelist. God spoke to him and told him to, to quit his job, build a cross, and carry it down the street. And he does that. It, 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 he gets phenomenal results with people stopping on the side of the road, not since coronavirus, but before that, people would stop and he'd pray with them. People became members here because of uh, Joshua being out there, being uh, obedient to do what God has called him to do. So we're going to lay hands on him and ordain him and pre- pre- uh, present to him his ordination certificate so that he is legit. Amen? This has been happening since, since the apostles, you know, laid hands on uh, Timothy and they all laid hands going down the line all the way 2,000 years. You know, a spiritual authority has been laying hands for people to keep carrying the gospel. It's wonderful, isn't it? So wonderful. So we're excited, Joshua. We're excited to see you in the house, you and Jenna, on the 31st. And uh, it's just going to be a wonderful celebration. All right, y'all ready for the word this morning? All right, that was just about our prayer time coming up over the next two weeks. All right, hold on to your note sheet and let's make a faith declaration. Say this, say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to hear and apply his word. I'm about to know better so that I may do better, have better. And be better. I am becoming everything God has destined me to be. I'm becoming everything the devil fears I'll be. I'm becoming everything the haters say I could never be. 
So after today, I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all shout hallelujah. All right. Well, open up your note sheet and let's get started here. Um, if you're taking notes at home, you can just, you know, just go old school. Just taking notes <laughs> instead of having a note sheet. Amen. Well, we have been focused on... Um, the manifested glory of God in our lives this year. At the beginning of the year, God said that this would be the year of his manifested glory. And I was just listening to one of the prophets the other day, and he said that this is the year of God's greater glory being manifested. Wow, you know, we've experienced the glory of God at, a, at one level, but I believe God wants to pour out his glory in such a way. I think he wants us to rise up and shine so that his glory can shine on other people. I think on the other side of a great bold move on our part, is the power of God waiting for us. Amen? So we're glorifying God in our family. We've been focused on this, glorifying God in our families. So let's look at, let's, let's uh, do, it's not really a review, just a little bit of a review here. Number one, the family that decides to honor God first will be strong and blessed. That's what we want, y'all, right? We want strong and blessed families. Amen. And so the family that decides, when you make that decision like Joshua did in Joshua 24, 15, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. 1 Samuel 2 and verse 30, God says, those who honor me, I will honor. So as we decide we're going to honor God first in this family, God will honor our family. Amen. Then the message translation says, as for me and my family, We'll worship God. So the word family and house can be interchanged together. or uh, It's one word. So sometimes in the Bible when it talks about house, he's really talking about your household or talking about your family. And so the Bible tells us that when we hear these, the word of God, when we hear his word and we decide to do it, that we become a wise builder, that when we build our families on the word of God, when trouble comes, because trouble's coming for all of us, right? That when trouble comes, that we'll be able to stand right through that storm. How have you been through a storm in your family? Amen. Stuff happens in family. Amen. You know, and that's the easiest place to miss it is in family. Because you're real comfortable and you are really you around your family. <laughs> right? It's easy to fake it around everybody else, but you are you around your family. So that's the easiest place to miss it. But if we make a, a quality faith decision that we're going to serve God, we're going to honor God, we're going to honor his word as first in our lives. Look at Matthew seven twenty four through 27. Therefore, who, whoever, 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 I don't care where your family came from. I don't care what generational iniquity, generational curses have been on your, your family before you. You can declare that whoever, that my family, I'm drawing the bloodline, amen, that my family from here on, on out, we're going to serve the Lord and uh, our family will be blessed. So the, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. So when you think about the rock, you think about Jesus. The Bible says he has become the stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. So the cornerstone in a building is the, is the stone that is set, and they set every other stone off of that stone so that it lines up. And so Jesus is the chief cornerstone. If we line up our houses, our lives, the Bible says that we're living stones. When we build our house and we line up by the word of God, by Jesus, our example, that uh, our house is going to stand. Amen? That we become a temple built for God. So it was founded on the rock. Verse 26, but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them 
will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. So Proverbs 14.21 is it's talking about building your house, building your family. It says a wise woman or man builds their home. The New Century Version says strengthens their family. But a foolish woman or man tears it down with their own hands. So we have to be wise and build our families. Amen. It's not just about building a house of brick and mortar. It's talking about building your family. That we should be actively working at building our families. Um, I'm not talking so much as in numbers, but that is a wonderful thing. Praise the Lord. Amen. Building the number, the, the family in numbers. But... But I'm, t- but I'm talking about um, building your family up, building up their self-esteem, encouraging them, building, building people. Amen? All right. So, uh, so we, don't tear, we don't tear our families down, but we're actively at work building people up. All right. Number two, godly wisdom is available, for us, available to us for having successful families. So wisdom. Wisdom is so important. You know, can, can anybody testify with me this morning that maybe when you were younger you made a lot more mistakes because you had a lack of wisdom Amen. in family, in marriage? You can make a lot of mistakes just because, you know, it might have been that you didn't have a family problem, but you had a wisdom problem. You didn't have a job problem, but you had a wisdom problem. Amen? Wisdom is the principal thing. Amen? Proverbs 24.3 says, Through skillful and godly wisdom is a house... A life, a home, a family built. Skillful and godly wisdom. And by understanding, it is established on a sound and good foundation. And by knowledge shall its chambers of every area be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Wow. So through wisdom, skillful, godly wisdom, we can build our families. We, we build our families to become a family that glorifies God. So what is wisdom? If, if through skillful and godly wisdom, what does wisdom mean? It means to be wise in mind, word, or actions. It means experience. Isn't that true? When you get older, you just know more because you've been through more, right? You've been through some experiences. Wisdom is good judgment, soundness of action or decision. So um, understanding, what is the word understanding? It means intelligence and reason. And I love this part. By understanding, it is established. That is being sympathetically aware of other people's feelings, tolerant and forgiving. Amen. So we got to have some wisdom. We got to have the, the mind of God on how what kind of family He wants us to look like. It's kind of like you have a puzzle with a house on the. Uh, 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 it's a puzzle of a house, and you go to put this puzzle together. You got to trust that the picture is what it's really going to look like. Amen. When you get finished and then um, you got to trust that all the pieces are there in the puzzle, right? Nobody wants to start a puzzle and not all the pieces are there. Amen. So God's got to supply us with the pieces in his word that we need to put this thing together to make it look like what's on the box. Amen. All right. So understanding is one of those puzzle pieces that's in the box. And then knowledge. What is knowledge? Knowledge shall its chambers of every area be filled with all precious and uh, pleasant riches. Knowledge is facts, information, awareness, or familiarity gained by experience, practical understanding of a subject. So knowledge is like just being practical. All right, Proverbs 4, 7 says, Wisdom is what? The principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and in all you're getting, 
get you some understanding. So that's what we're doing. We're getting some understanding for wisdom in our, in our family. So number two, let's look at family wisdom in action. These are some things that we can do in our families to, to uh, cause our families to glorify God. But it, it starts with us individually. If you're part of the family, you're really responsible for yourself, right? That you're responsible for your own self and what decisions you make for you affects everyone else. I know I'm preaching good. Number one, number one thing you do in this family wisdom to put it in action is to seek God for yourself. Amen. You can't live on your wife's relationship with God. You can't live on your husband's relationship with God. You've got to have your own relationship with God to be the piece of the puzzle that God's called you to be. Amen? You have to, you have to have your own real relationship with him. So seeking God. And seeking God is not something I do one time, find him, oh, got it. Seeking God is something we do every day. We find out more and more about him every day. Isn't he unsearchable? We'll never get to the end of knowing God. But we, we progressively know him more. Proverbs 9, 10 through 11 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For by me your days will be multiplied. By me who? Wisdom. By wisdom. But put a big note out to the side of that there. On your note sheet, by wisdom, for by me your days will be multiplied. That's wisdom. By wisdom, your days will be multiplied, and the years of and your years of life will be added to you. So, wow, you can even lengthen your life by having the fear of the Lord by seeking God. Hallelujah! You can add years to your life. Message translation says, skilled, "Skilled living gets its start in the fear of God. Insight into life from knowing." A holy God. Just think of every member of the household was seeking God. And everybody got the overflow of everybody's relationship with Jesus. Hallelujah. I know I'm preaching to the choir this morning. But uh, maybe there's an area we could always improve. But think about how families would, without a doubt, reflect God's glory. If everybody was doing their part and seeking God with all their heart. Think of the joy and the love and how everybody would go out of their way to be kind to one another so others should get the overflow of this seeking God that I do. I get filled up and I pour it out on everybody. We're the fragrance of Christ in our own homes before we are anybody else or anywhere else. Amen. We got to be the fragrance of Christ at home. And that's the, I think that's the, the, the easiest place to really get stinking. <laughs> Amen. Mark 12, 30 through 31. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other commandment greater than these. And, and you're like, well, who is my neighbor? Everybody. <laughs> but it's got to start with your, your own household. You've got to get your, your household in order, in the order of God. Amen. Jeremiah 29, 13 through 14 in the message says, When you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. God's decree. Matthew 7, 7 through 8 says, Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. Verse 8, For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, 
it will be opened. Amen. So husband and wife, as you're seeking God in your own relationship with him, and you're modeling a life that's pleasing to God, it has a profound impact on your children. Amen. When you're treating each other the way that you should, and when you're overflowing with this relationship that you have with God, and you want to share with your kids the things that you learned from God today, that has a profound impact when they see that it's real, that God is real. Amen. Deuteronomy 11, 8 through 21, it says, So commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these words of mine. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead. That's why the Jews over in Israel, when you see them at the wailing wall, they've got like a little black box on their, on their hand with a, a tie that goes all the way around their arm, and then you see they have like a little box on their head. They have the, they have the Torah. The first, um, I think, five books of the Bible are in the Torah, and, and they wear it on their hand, and they, wear, they do this literally. But, of course, we know that God is not telling us to put the Bible on our hand or put it on our head. He wants it to be in our hearts. He wants it to be in our minds. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. So he's saying, commit yourselves wholeheartedly to the word of God or to these words of mine. Time on your hands. Wear them on your foreheads as reminders. Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, when you're getting up. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates so that as long as the sky remains above the earth, you and your children may flourish. So we flourish as we um, commit ourselves wholeheartedly to the word that that's how this family is going to live. Amen? And we model that. We have to be models for our children of what it's like to really have a relationship with God. Okay, so what's the first thing we got to do? Seek God for ourselves. Number two, keep our hearts pure. We got to keep our hearts pure. Psalm 101, 2, David said, I will walk within my house or my family with a what? With a perfect heart. I'll walk within my family with a perfect heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. And David watched over his heart to, to make sure there was no perverse way in his heart. And so we have to watch over our hearts. And so enemies of the perfect heart, let's look at some of the things that will keep us from having a heart that's not perfect. Number one is selfishness. Boy, just about every sin can be traced back to selfishness. And God hasn't called us to selfishness. That's not in our nature. That's not the nature of God. That selfishness is not the nature of God. For God so loved that he gave. He gave. He gave. And so selfishness is lacking consideration for others, concerned chiefly with your own desires. How many know that will mess up your family right there? (laughs) That will mess up the unity. That will mess up the peace. As soon as people begin to feel like they're being taken for granted, that a person is in, in this thing only for themselves, and they're not concerned about you, you're, you're do, giving and, and uh, selflessly going to work every day and doing your part, and, and you feel like somebody else is not doing their part and they're just being selfish, that will really just get you, get you upset, being upset with each other, and there goes the peace in the home. So selfishness, we can't be selfish. Philippians 2, 3 through 4 says, Don't act out of selfish ambition or be conceited. Instead, humbly think of others as being better than yourselves. Don't be concerned about only your own interests, but also be concerned about the interests of others. So you know that the Bible tells us that 
Selfishness is part of the end time morale. That in the last days that people would be selfish. Look at 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 4 says, Now, but know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Wow. So we have to be careful that we don't fall into any of these things. Amen? And selfishness is one of them. Another one is rebellion. Rebellion. Rebellion is open resistance to God. We have to be careful that we don't get off like even this much. Even this much. It, just deciding, I'm not going to obey in this. And you know, you know to do better. And you say, just this much, I'm not going to obey. You're still going to end up way far off from where you're supposed to be. So we can't allow the devil to get a toehold in our life with rebellion, open resistance to God. So we can't resist even just a little um, in one area because it throws us off course. 1 Samuel 15, 23 says, Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft. Can you believe that? Wow. That's the way God sees it, that when we rebel, that it, it, it's, it's just the same as, as being involved in the occult. Wow. So we have to be careful as children of God that we live in the spirit. Amen? That we don't get carnal. We don't get in our flesh. And, and, and when you give your, your flesh an inch, it'll take a mile. So you don't allow yourself to become carnal, but we stay in the spirit. Amen? So that we don't get into rebellion of any kind. There's reward for being uh, obedient. Amen? Isaiah 119 says, if you are what? If you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. So God wants to bless our life. You know, when we decide we're going to be willing and obedient and we decide I'm not going to rebel against God's word, I'm not going to do things my own way, but I'm going to even take this situation. Like it could just be a situation where, you know, you decide to handle something in the spirit rather than getting in the flesh. Where you don't even have to address it. You just go to God. And, and go in the spirit rather than in your flesh. In our flesh dwells no good thing. If we go to our wife or our husband or our children, if we go in the flesh, we're going to get the results of the flesh. And that's no good thing, right? So we want to make sure that we're in the spirit and that we're doing things according to the word and not our own way. Because you, you really want to get a pass to go off for a second sometimes, don't you? We all do. We want to say, I want to just get a pass so I can just cuss for a minute, so I can just go off, so I can yell like I hurt your feelings because you hurt my feelings. We just, want, we just want to get a pass. But we don't get a pass. Amen. We don't get a pass. And, uh, you know, you can ruin a relationship, ruin a family by just deciding to be in rebellion just that much. Amen. So Job 36.11 says, if they what? Obey and serve him in their families. They shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. So it's just better to do things God's way. You get the results of the word when you do the word. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you want to say something so bad. You really want to say something. You really, you think, well, yeah, well it's right. It'd be right if I did. It, I, I know I'm right. Sometimes love doesn't insist in its own right or its own ways. That's hard. That's easy to rebel against, isn't it? Love is patient. Love is kind. 
doesn't take into account a suffered wrong. It's not easy to do sometimes. But we don't want to get off course or get off in rebellion. We want to be obey and serve him so we have our days in prosperity. I wonder if the way we're living at home has held up our prosperity. The years in pleasure. Maybe there's been some years that have been anything but pleasure. Maybe there's some, some seed of rebellion that we're not doing things God's way. Maybe it's, it's because of the way we're living at home because we're not... We're not um, Doing things God's way. Amen. All right. What was the first one? Selfishness. Second one? The, the, the third enemy is stubbornness. Oh, my God. <laughs> you ever been around somebody who's just stubborn? I mean, they're going to resist whatever you say. They're going to be stubborn about it. Won't let go. Won't let go of it for anything. Anybody ever been around somebody who's just really stubborn? If you can't say amen, say oh me. <laughs> I'm the stubborn one. But what is stubborn, stubbornness? Stubbornness is determination not to change one's attitude or position on something. Wow. When somebody just has decided, I'm, I'm not going to change my mind. I'm going to hold my ground no matter what. Even to the detriment of my family or to the detriment of my relationship. You have to be willing to work together. You have to be willing to say... She don't like that. Even if I do, she doesn't, this is not working for her. This, this is frustrating the grace on my children's lives. I'm being stubborn if I decide to keep doing it my way. Amen? So we, we, we can't be stubborn. Um, 1 Samuel 15, 23 says, And stubbornness is as bad as worshiping idols. What? That ought to scare the stubbornness right out of us. Take the starch right out your collar. Amen. Stiff-necked. Being stiff-necked. We can't be stiff-necked. We can't be stubborn. We have to be soft and pliable and be willing to say, I'm sorry. Even if you feel like it's not really your fault. I'm sorry that it happened. I'm sorry that you feel this way. Be willing to say, I'm sorry. Be polite. To just be polite to one another. Amen. All right. So let's get off that and let's go back to number three, which is joyful productivity. This is the wisdom, family wisdom in action. Joyful productivity. How many of you know that God called us to be fruitful and multiply? That we're supposed to be producing fruit. We're supposed to be producing. God called us to be productive people. How many of you know God is productive? He, we're created in his image and his likeness, and we should be productive. Um, a godly house is a productive house. The house should be in excellence. It should be in order. Everybody works towards it. Oh, y'all got quiet right there. I'm all up in y'all's closets, your unmade beds, all up in your business. <laughs> Amen. But no, the beauty of the house is order. The beauty of a household is order. And, you know, it's not up to one person to make that all happen. Amen. It's ooh, some loud amens out there. So, you know, everybody should do their part. Maybe you're watching today with your family and everybody in the living room is quiet now. Like, what? We didn't, we didn't get up for this. No, but we, everybody should do their part in keeping the home in order and keeping it in excellence. Everybody ought to do that. It shouldn't be all rest on one person or another person. 
Amen. It should rest on all of you. Children should be taught responsibility. I believe we talked about this last week. Children, you are not going to lay up and play video games all day while I do everything. It's not going to happen in this house. It's not going to happen. The Bible says that you should assign them their tasks. Assign them their tasks. Or actually in the Proverbs 31 woman, it says she, she assigns her maids their tasks. The Proverbs 31 woman, like she has maids. If you don't have any maids, you assign them children, some tasks. Amen. You're not going to lay up while I do everything. That's not the real world. The real world is you have to be productive. Amen. So Proverbs 10 verse 4 says, Lazy hands bring poverty, but hardworking hands bring riches. Proverbs 12:11 and the message says the one who stays on the job has food on the table the witless chase whims and fancies Proverbs 13:4 lazy people want much but get little but those who work hard will will prosper amen Proverbs 14:23 all hard work brings a profit but mere talk leads only to poverty so, you know, um, so we got to be hard workers and joyful productivity. Did y'all see the word joyful there? Amen. Joyful productivity, that we stay full of joy while we're um, serving one another in the household. Amen? Whatever is your part or whatever your share is to do, let's do it with joy. With joy, we dip out of the wells of salvation. That's really just shifting to an attitude of gratitude. Amen. Thanking God for what you have. Getting up with, you know, every morning, just spend five minutes. Not even five minutes. You might just spend the first minute of the day when your eyes pop open. Find something to thank God for that you open. Because it's easy to get in a negative attitude. And then you, you start looking at what's wrong. And then you look all day at what's wrong. And negative, it just becomes a, an atmosphere and an attitude that becomes a habit. So we've got to choose that we're going to be productive even with our thoughts. Productive with our words. Joyful productivity. Um, the prayers that I'm praying over my family. We ought to be praying for one another. Amen? So number four, the fourth thing that we, the fourth thing that we do as a, a family of wisdom in action is having a serving others mindset. That we're there to serve one another. Do you know that a marriage is actually two people coming together making a lifelong decision to serve one another? It's a decision to serve and to love one another. That's why we say in sickness and in health, richer or for poorer. Amen? What are the, what are the rest of them? Till death do us part? What is it? Richer for poorer, sickness and in health. What? Till death do us part. Yeah, so it's in the good and the bad. We're choosing to serve another person. Amen? And to be faithful. Hallelujah. So we have to have a serving others mindset. Jesus said the greatest among us is a servant. Not the one who sits at the table, but the one who, who serves at the table is the greatest in the kingdom of God. So we have to have, I'm here to serve. This is my people. I'm here to serve them. They, we serve one another, right? So Matthew 20, verse 26 through 28. Whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. You know, I believe that we serve one another with our faith. You know, we serve one another practically. We're there. You know, some you, you, you 
Run out of gas, I'm, I'm, I'm your person to call and come help you out of this situation. I've got AAA and all that too. or what? You know what I'm saying? What your person in your family needs help, we're there to serve them, right? So, but we also serve them with our faith. What's going on in their life? What am I believing God with you for? Encouraging them, speaking the word of God over them, declaring God's best. You know, people have blind spots, and we talked about that. And you may see some, somebody's blind spot in your family, and they don't see it. You know, and if you talk to them about it, I believe before you talk to them about it, you ought to pray about it. That you ought to pray that their ears would be open, their heart would be open to receive. Um, so not only that, but what, what's their goals? What's their greatest dream? Amen, that we're speaking God's word over them, that we're using our faith for one another. And, uh, you know, the Bible says that, that when we go into the secret place and we shut the door and we pray to our Father who's in secret, he rewards us openly. Your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So how beautiful would it be to take your, your child's uh, greatest dream or your spouse's greatest dream into the secret place and for you to pray over those things and see the open reward? The open reward of them being uh, receiving that thing happening, amen. Because you prayed, because you served them with your prayers. See, in the secret place, you didn't let you didn't let them know. They didn't hear you. They didn't hear you crying out to God for them, calling on the name of the Lord for them. But you see the reward of it, amen. All right. So, what are our motivations for serving others? A, He'll give me blessings and success when I choose to, to serve others. God blesses me. Proverbs 11.25 says, The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. So B, I demonstrate the heart of the Father. My next, my next motivation for serving others is that I demonstrate the heart of the Father. How I many of you know God is a servant? He came to serve us. Matthew 5, 44 through 45, he says, But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. So when I pray and when I serve, I serve people even when they're doing me wrong. People in your family can treat you bad. People that ought to love you can sometimes treat you, treat you wrong. Everybody in here has got a perfect family? Nobody? <laughs> the people in your own family can be the ones that you feel like hate you, curse you, um, spitefully use you, and persecute you. It can be people in your own family that talk to you like a dog. But when I choose to serve them anyway, heaps hot coals on their head. When I choose to be kind and to be sweet, it says that I'll be sons of our Father in heaven. You'll be sons of your Father in heaven. So we demonstrate the heart of the Father when we love and serve other people. See, it's just fun to make people feel special and loved. It is fun. When you know you made something happen for somebody else, when you served someone else and, and uh, made their dreams come true, there's nothing any better than that. Amen? All right, number five. The, the last thing that we do, and I'm not going to talk a lot about this because um, uh, we'll talk about this coming up in another, in another message, but... We should set the tone of love in our families. And the Bible says that love is patient and love is kind. It doesn't take into account a suffered wrong. It's not prideful. It's not boastful. It's not arrogant. It's not rude. You know, I think we could just be um, kind to one another, not just kind, but polite in families. It's good to just, I mean, it's, it's not good. It's... Um, 
you know, kind of normal for us to get to the place where we take one another for granted. But we shouldn't do that. We should, we should really stir up love and stir up good works. And, you know, love is something that you do. It's not a feeling that you have. Love is something that you do on purpose. So we set a tone of love for being patient with one another, for letting things go, for being forgiving. Um, but still, you know, um, in families, we should have guidelines and consequences. Amen? You know, we should, we should set, set up guidelines for our family. This is how our family's going to live. Hallelujah. And, and we're not going to have fussing and yelling and cursing. You know, in our family, we don't curse. In our family, we don't curse. We don't, we don't, that's not how we talk. We're children of God. Amen. <laughs> Sister Kim said, I've got to work on that. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You know, we, we want to set the tone of love. So, you know, it's like setting the thermostat on the wall. You set it for what the temperature you want it to be in your house. And so you set the temperature and you set the tone of love because that's how we want to live. Amen. But Father, we thank you for your word today. That Lord, it's gone into our hearts. And, and Lord, we declare a hundredfold return on this. That Lord, we'll um, apply these wisdom truths and these wisdom keys. And Lord, we will see our families be blessed. That, Lord, we will be above only and not beneath. We'll be the head and not the tail. That, Lord, you'll just, you'll just keep on blessing and blessing our lives. That we'll even live long on the earth because we have our families in order and because we love and cherish and administer and serve one another. So, Lord, we thank you for it. If we're willing and obedient, we eat the good of the land. So we declare that we are living in the best, the, our best life, God. We're living our very best life. So, Lord, anywhere where we're out of sorts, Anywhere where we're out of order, anywhere where we could improve, Father, we thank you that as the word has gone forth today that we've, we've seen it, and Lord, we'll be able to, to take that and bring it back into order as we submit ourselves to you, as we all cultivate our own relationship with you, Father God. Others get the overflow of our relationship. So God, we just thank you that we become like a fountain, and we just pour out you all over other people, especially those in our family. God, we love you and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Or maybe you're watching today or maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Sally, I'm not right with God. I've never given my heart to him or really said, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. Jesus came so that we could be forgiven for our sins and put back in right relationship with God. And I'm going to say a prayer with you this morning. If that's you, you'd say, Pastor Sally, I want to get my life on track. I want to get my life right with God. I want to give Jesus my heart and my life and let him come in and be the Lord of my life. I'm going to pray with you. And uh, if, you, if you really mean this prayer in your heart, everything's about to change. Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. He throws your sins behind him so far. It's in the sea of forgetfulness he'll never remember again. Any sins that you've ever committed, he forgives them all. Amen. And uh, you have eternal life. You, you have a right to look forward to eternal life with Jesus Christ, eternal life in heaven with God. He means for us to live with him forever. Amen. And so I'm going to lead you in this very simple prayer with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Just repeat this prayer after me. If my congregation here, you could just repeat it with me. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, I confess to you that I am a sinner. I have messed up, sometimes on purpose and sometimes on accident. And I'm sorry for my sins. Father, I believe you sent Jesus to die on the cross to pay the penalty for the wrong things I did. And I believe that on the third day, you raised him up and he's alive today. So Jesus, 
Come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Teach me. Guide me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I'm trusting you alone to save me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer and you're watching at home, just go on the the website and fill out the commitment card as you're making a commitment to Christ today. Fill out the commitment card and we'll get that information and we want to get out to you a little brochure that will help you know what to do next on your journey with Christ. You're on a journey with him and you need a map if you're going to get there successfully. So we want to send you that information. We'll send it to you in the mail absolutely free. So uh, just let us know. Go on the Acceleration Church app and fill out the commitment card. That's what it's called, right? Commitment card. Fill out the commitment card and uh, we will respond to that um, with a phone call and let you know exactly what you need to do in order to make those good steps that you can uh, make your make your way towards God. Amen. All right, if you prayed that prayer here in the sanctuary today, inside your welcome packet, we did put these in the welcome packet today. Yes? All right, inside your welcome packet, there should be a commitment card. Uh, 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 Yes, a a connection card, actually. If you would take that card and fill it out, and on the back there's a place where you can just put a big check mark that just says, I say yes to Jesus and commit my life to him as my Lord. 